You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the MLB Extras Cleveland Indians podcast. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, joined by Mandy Bell. Mandy, Happy New Year, too. Did you get wild and crazy on New Year's Eve? Did you stay in? How did you celebrate the New Year? I was actually in Cleveland, which is nice. This is getting my first taste moving into the city. Um, so I got to go out and in Cleveland and experience everybody here. So it was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm really looking forward to moving here. And Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you. Yeah, in Cleveland, we don't get too, uh, too nuts uh, in the street. We don't have like a ball drop. Um, maybe some pierogies get dropped. Uh, you know, that's about it, but, um, that's all right. We like it. We like a little low key here. Um, so obviously the Indians have not had a low key winner. They've had a really fascinating winner and it feels, you know, half finished because all they've done is subtract for the most part, uh, in trades. We talked about that last time, but still a lot of, uh, Corey Kluber rumors in the air. Um, it seems less and less likely that they actually deal a Corey Kluber or a Trevor Bauer between now and spring training. Uh, because they have shed, uh, you know, around $18, $20 million in salary for 2019. Um, and that would have been a, a huge part of the objective of moving one of those guys is, you know, getting young talent back, shedding a lot of salary. But they've, set, they've shed salary in other ways. They could keep the rotation intact. And yet the rumors persist. What do you think? What's your gut telling you on Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer right now? Right now, my gut is telling me that they'll both be there. Uh, I understand why you still have the talks, because it's the easiest way to fill all of the holes that they have right now. Um, one fell swoop, you trade either one of these guys and you can get a really good return. Um, obviously, they need some help in the outfield. They need some help in the, in the bullpen. Um, and both of those can be taken care of if you do end up finding a team that's the perfect match for this trade. But if you're going to trade someone, uh, the caliber of someone like Corey Kluber with the two-time Cy Young award winner you're going to have to make sure that you get the return that you deserve. So I think it's more or less trying to find that perfect match is why this isn't actually happening um, as much as we thought at the beginning. And then, of course, the payroll cut, uh, like you said, has helped a lot. So my gut is telling me right now they're going to both be back in Cleveland at the start of the season. Um, but obviously, uh, Antonetti was telling us in, in Las Vegas for the winter meetings, one one call at any point can change anything. So there's still a lot of options yeah. left. Yep, that's that's been known to happen. Um, you know, Twitter is not the best barometer of anything, really. But in my <laughs> experience, this offseason on Twitter uh, was the initial uh, a lot of angry sentiment about the even even the notion of, of trading a Corey Kluber. Uh, you know, inspired a lot of anger from fans. And you know, you try to explain the financial situation, and you know, maybe they can hit a home run of a deal that brings back a lot of immediate major league help while, you know, offsetting a lot of that salary. Um, and then, you know, they, they made other deals since then. They made the Jan Gomes trade, Yonder Alonso trade, um, and then that Edwin Encarnacion and Carlos Santana swap. Um, and now I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of fans who are saying, well, now you, you have to trade Kluber. It's still the only way to improve this team if you're not going to spend money. But, and again, we don't know how they're going to allocate the saved money from those other trades. That's the key to this whole thing. Is, is what happens from this point forward, you know, in free agency with that money. But obviously, yes, you could get major league impact talent back. But it, it's fascinating to me to see that reaction to where 
Um, there, there's still there's a lot of fans who are now on board with the concept of, of moving one of those starters, even after those other trades. So um, I get it. I just I think we need to hammer home the notion of how difficult it is to get a trade like that right. And maybe this is, for all we know, this could be an opportune time to move Corey Kluber. You know, he's he's into his 30s. He's compiled a lot of innings, but still, to get the right return back is a tricky thing to do. We've seen a lot of uh, a lot of trade packages that look good on paper at the time of the deal. You know, hot prospects and whatnot just don't work out in the long run. So uh, it's a precarious situation the Indians are in, where you're trying to win right now. Um, you're, you're trying to get younger, controllable talent, but. You know, you want talent that's going to play for you in 2019 that's going to make an impact in 2019. Yeah, correct. And, and like you were saying, um, it, finding that perfect match is, is so difficult. And obviously, we've heard the Dodgers so much um, this offseason uh, over Christmas uh, and New Year, New Year's over the holiday season. We've been hearing maybe the Padres getting thrown into the mix. But if they are looking for this consistent, it seems like, young talent that they want to keep bringing in, um, I really do like Alex Verdugo from from the Dodgers organization. He's their top prospect, and I and I think that he could be somebody uh, that would fill a big big hole that the Indians have right now in the outfield. He could be an impact player. He's young. He's cost controlled. Everything that checks all of their boxes. It's just whether or not the rest of the, of the package could could live up to what would be needed in return for Corey Kluber. Um, I know that the, I've heard at least that the Dodgers seem to be willing to talk about Verdugo. I know a lot of other players are are off the table, but um, I think that that could be somebody, if anything happens, that might be worthwhile to, to take a shot at. Yeah, obviously, as we said, you know, how they allocate the saved money moving forward will be a big key to this offseason. And, you know, the outfield is a clear area of need. You got Luplo, you got uh, Leonis Martin, you got Tyler Naquin. It needs some help. It needs some augmentation. The problem, Mandy, is the free agent market. If you look at it, of course, Bryce Harper, he's not coming to Cleveland, folks. I hate to break it to you. Uh, <laughs> AJ Pollock, probably not coming to Cleveland. I mean, maybe stranger things have happened, but you know, his market, his domino, as it were, uh, will fall after the Harper domino. So we'll see what transpires there. But there certainly are other clubs who seem like they're in a better financial position to you know give AJ Pollock a nice contract. And then after that, the market really is not that strong. Um, and it makes me wonder, Mandy, if I wonder if they would even go to third base, um, you know, Mike Moustakis, Jed Lowry, someone in that realm and, um, you know, move Jose Ramirez back to second and have Kipnis in the outfield. I don't know. I don't know how I, I, I literally have no idea what they do in this market. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> yeah, I really don't think anyone does either. And, and uh, I was just looking at all of the free agents who are left earlier this morning and I had the same puzzled thoughts in my head. <laughs> I'm not really sure how they do it. That's why they get they, they get paid to do their jobs, uh, Antonetti and Chernoff, and, and that's why I'm sitting here analyzing because I just don't <laughs> know exactly how they're going to be um, – do, like even attempting to look at the free agent market right now, obviously having Jose Ramirez move back over to second base, if their plan is to move him over to third with Diaz now gone uh, to Tampa Bay, um, that at least gets Kipnis in the outfield. If, if he sticks around for the season, which it looks like he probably will, at least at this point, um, that gives them at least another option to add to mix around. Um, they have Jake Bowers now that they could have an, an option. If Carlos Santana is playing first base, they could throw him out there. Um, but like you said, there's really not too many options. I have a lot of people tweeting at me asking like, can Nick Marcakis come? Can anybody come? And it's who knows who, who knows who they will eventually sign if anyone. 
Yeah, that's the you know Markakis had a, a terrific year in 2018, mm-hmm. but his advancing age and I mean, you look like Adam Jones and, and his career has really regressed and his advancing age. And there's maybe there's a guy in that market who will pop. I mean, that happens. I mean, shoot, I don't think anybody expected Melky Cabrera to have as much impact on the 2018 Indians as he had. Um, I don't know, maybe re-sign Melky Cabrera, but right. uh, Carlos Gonzalez is out there. There's interesting names, Carlos Gomez. Uh, and these are names the Indians have had interested in years past, but, you know, those were years past. Uh, so we'll see what, what the outlook is for 2019. But and, and the bullpen is a little different in that there's just so many relievers out there. And to peg any one or two guys would be impossible to do. But I think the, the bottom line for me with the bullpen is, that's certainly an area where the money savings they've compiled to this point really matter because I think there was north of 40 relievers in free agency this year. And um, I'm, I'm sorry, I think north of 70 relievers in free agency this year. And in a given year, maybe 40 sign on average. So it, there's going to be a, a saturated market out there as we get closer to spring training. Right. And it, like you said, it at least doesn't make them have to rush for any decisions at this point. I mean, the offseason in general across Major League Baseball really hasn't moved at a quick pace, which has allowed them to sit back and at least look at all of their options and continue to weigh everything. But like you said, if 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 anything, relievers is going to be uh, a big target uh, for the free agent market and all the money that they save, they should be able to pick up at least one half decent arm to help the bullpen. Yeah, definitely. I think the dream scenario I mentioned, maybe Kipnis ends up back in the outfield after all is said and done. Maybe he's back at second base. Probably the best case scenario for the club as far as roster construction is to find a, a Kipnis taker in a trade. And then there's even more money to apply. And then maybe you are in the AJ Pollock market at that point. But um, the the free agent market is really it's saturated with relievers. It's saturated with second baseman too. So I don't think that's going to be easily done to move the $14.5 million or so owed to Kipnis next year. But um, yeah, it's a headache, Mandy. And you, you walked right into this beat at a uh, fascinating juncture, a headache inducing juncture. How's that feel? I, I, I always say, especially getting thrown in on my first day at the winter meetings, it just seems like if you get thrown into it at the most hectic point, everything after that will just seem so much easier. <laughs> so I, I, I like it. I like it. I think the pace is great right now. Things are starting to slow down a little bit, but that first week or two, uh, <laughs> ma- makes everything seem like a piece of cake at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, a lot of uh, a lot of intrigue ahead in these next couple of months. The Indians will be among the more intriguing teams of baseball as they try to uh, retool slash contend at the same time. And Mandy Bell will be all over it for Indians.com and MLB.com. Mandy, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. 